Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. This is Bill Roden and another version of Bill Roden on sports. Uh, but before we get to that, my good friend and co-host, Jamal Murphy, has an announcement to make. <laughs> and it's an old announcement. Uh, Bet Online is, of course, our sponsor. Uh, Bet Online is the number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get to the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Back to you, Bill. Thanks, Jamal. And that brings us to our first news story. The number of more NFL players have been suspended because of betting. Yes, yes. <laughs> how about that? Yeah, how about that? Do, do, that Now, that clearly was not what we were going to talk about today, but I could not resist <laughs> that yet another batch of NFL players has been suspended for betting. Um, why, why don't we bring in our, our special guest, and is actually a friend of the show and an unofficial co-host, um, the great uh, Glenn Woods, recently retired Judge Glenn Woods. We always call him the judge. He'll always be a judge. He'll always be the judge in our book. Once a judge, always a judge. Very because true. Because he can now sit in judgment of these types of things that we talk about on our show without having to. It was a John Morant, you know, guys getting kicked off because of gambling and anything. Uh, Judge Woods, welcome. Thank you, Bill. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Jamal. Uh, uh, it's always a, uh, I'm flattered always to be on and uh, enjoy uh, 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 always being with you guys and looking forward uh, to our uh, discussion today. Well, well, let's, I mean, I, we could, Jamal, we could deal with the NFL gambling later, but I'm just yeah. curious before we get into our, our, uh, conversation of the day, which is, of course, the Supreme Court's decision last week to basically dismantle affirmative action and you know, this continued attack on freedom. Um, uh, what, what do you guys think just of the NFL, of these another another wave of suspensions for betting? And, and the NFL clearly has gotten itself in bed with betting. What do you guys think about this? Well, I mean, it's, you know, when you look at all, you know, the, that the NFL now is in bed with all these betting companies, uh, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a part of the game. The NFL promotes it now. It's weird to see, you know, such harsh action taken against uh, the players themselves for taking part in it. And whether, and that's whether they take it, take part, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, them betting on their team's games or betting on football. If they bet, in or around the facility uh, on anything, you know, they can get in trouble. And it's, and obviously, especially when it comes to uh, the NFL and, and their own team. Um, and, and a lot of people have made the, the uh, you know, have, have noticed that these suspensions that they're getting for betting are, are much more harsh than, let's say, uh, domestic abuse, right. you know, and, and things like that. So uh, it's definitely, you know, something worth talking about. 
Well, I understand the concern that the league has, but there is some sort of uh, contradiction uh, uh, that's going on here when, as you're saying, uh, in the midst of games, uh, literally you're sitting there and watching a game and they're promoting betting on the games. <laughs> right. Uh, but the players part, uh, who uh, I, I understand the concern about the players betting, but it, it, it's, it, it seems contradictory to me that um, the league takes such harsh stands against players who bet uh, yet um, uh, uh, the um, uh, uh, the league also actually is a partner with these betting organizations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, see, I, mean, I think we, it's probably on, on some, I, I remember Jamal, when we first started um, doing this podcast, um, maybe, I don't know, 2016 or something, and we were doing a read for DraftKings. And I think at the time, I was with the Times, and I felt so squeamish about it that, you know, I stopped doing the reads, probably mistakenly in retrospect. I probably should have done more. Um, but, you know, we've gone from that to the league being, you know, like 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 you were saying, Glenn, totally in bed. And, and I do get the... I mean, this has all types of possibilities for corruption with, with players giving out information, you know, who knows, heaven forbid, fixing games. So I, I guess I get it. And I suppose that maybe it's better to be harsh, harsher than have a big, big, big scandal uh, when we find out that players are actually giving out information uh, to gamblers. Though everybody's a gambler, right? You can give out information to anybody's gambling, like to your relatives. Right. Somebody's somebody's more hurt than they say they're hurt. You know, somebody's more injured than they say they they're injured. Um, you know, so I guess we'll just have to see how this. And and one of the one of the guys I can't remember who it was specifically, but one of the guys who recently got suspended by the NFL. Uh, that was one of the you know it was like inside information. He. Uh, he he was he usually just bet like twenty or fifty dollars here or there, but then one particular day, I guess before the game, he bet one thousand dollars that wow. that one of his teammates would would have would would have over a certain amount of of yards or you know something like that. So he obviously knew that that player was going to get carries that day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let's let's face it. The NFL. Um, uh, one of the reasons it is. Uh, 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 such a popular sport is uh, the fact that uh, betting has become in, um, uh, uh, totally immersed in the game. Right. Um, and that is why the NFL has caught on so much that uh, gambling on games uh, has been um, uh, uh, such a uh, preoccupation uh, in, in this country. Well, it's really made the, the game, uh, uh, it's really increased the popularity of the game. Right. I remember at first it was fantasy football. Right. You know, that was right. the first step right. to get more people interested in football beyond just the X's and O's, you know, and, and it worked. I mean, fantasy football 
took off. And now when they finally decide, let's, like you were saying, uh, to make gambling really easy. I mean, really easy. You could be in your bed. You could, you could, you could, on your phone, you could bet like, what is it, numerous times during the game on a lot of different things. Yep. So. And if you watch the games on TNT, for example, midway through the first quarter, uh, Kenny and Charles get on there and they're, they're, they're literally promoting gambling. (laughs) So uh, I I don't, uh, I think it's pie in the sky to think that uh, I think you almost have to expect that at some point there's going to be an issue with some of the participants in the game, uh, the actual players uh, uh, um, uh, unwittingly or uh, willfully uh, becoming involved in uh, betting to some extent, unfortunately. I remember a few years ago, probably more than that, Donahue, uh, the yeah, referee. Yeah, Donaghy, yep. Remember? And everybody yeah. was trying to paint him. The, commi- the commissioner at the time, David Stern, God rest his soul, was saying, oh, this is just an isolated incident. You know, I, I say the incident. And, uh, you know, but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not sure where this is going to go. My concern is that sports is the one thing in our society, particularly the blood sports, you know, like football, basketball, there's the one thing you can kind of count on as being fairly, you know, you get what you, you, you get what you see. Right. And I think Jamal, you, you know, Glenn, before we got on, Jamal and I were joking about, and this will kind of lead into the Supreme Court uh, decision, when people are just concerned, whenever particularly black folks gain an edge, there's a counterforce to eliminate that edge to somehow counteract it. And we are saying that at least in sports, you know, if you have people like Margie Taylor Greene or these right-wing Republicans, if every time their kid, let's say their kid plays Little League Baseball, and every time their kid strikes out or loses, they blame the umpire or they blame, you know, the team's cheating. At some point, the parents will say, listen, you got to stop it. You know, you got to stop it. Every time you fail, you're saying it's because of the umpire. Or you're saying they're cheating you. Get better. And it seems like, you know, that type of thing is now, uh, you know, that's why I thought sports is somewhat pure because at some point you have to take accountability. But it seems like we're in this context, particularly of a certain group of white people, is that whenever you don't get what you want, they're saying it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're not getting what you want. It's the fault of black folks or it's the fault of brown people. It's everybody's fault but yours. So I, I guess that kind of leads us into from, from back gambling in the NFL to last week's uh, su- Supreme Court's flurry of decisions. A, dismantling affirmative action, or at least using race as a criteria, um, siding with the uh, people in, I guess, well, Colorado who did not want to make the same-sex website. Right. Uh Student uh, loans. Student loans. I mean, it's, just, it's on this roll. But Glenn, uh, just your as, as a as a as a former judge, as somebody who you know who had to go through law school and all that, just your thoughts about the Supreme Court uh, decision about uh, affirmative action, particularly race-based affirmative action. Well, when I was in law school, I was thinking back on this. 
when I was in law school, the Bakke decision came about, which established the affirmative action, which was to right the wrongs of the past uh, uh, via the 14th Amendment. Now the 14th Amendment has been turned on its head and it's been used to, um, um, uh, uh, to uh, end uh, affirmative action. Uh, my, my feeling is, of course, that the, the court was wrong in, in both instances uh, at Harvard and at um, uh, uh, University of North Carolina that uh, uh, we still need to right the wrongs of the past, that um, uh, the preferential treatment that is allegedly there, allegedly there for uh, uh, black students needs to uh, continue um, and that the, the, the court is simply wrong uh, that, uh, uh, that via the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause 14th Amendment, there still is a need for um, uh, uh, admissions offices in colleges to act affirmatively uh, uh, for the benefit of uh, um, uh, uh, black children. I think it's that simple. I worry uh, about this. Um, uh, the, the schools um, have, there's, let's put it this way. There's been a question even now whether um, how affirmatively many of the schools uh, are acting anyway because right. the uh, 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 relatively small numbers of um, uh, right. uh, kids of color in these schools, right. particularly black males. Um, uh, but to do away with uh, the actual uh, law uh, that enforces this affirmative action uh, is, is, is a great concern to me. It, um, it is really the only affirmative action uh, program that's being done away with. We're continuing right. to have legacies. We're continuing right. to have affirmative action for athletes. We're right. if, if, for example, you want, um, uh, if your school is in Massachusetts and you want more kids from uh, Iowa or Michigan, you can, can, you can continue to do that. Mm. Um, wow. If you need more women, if, uh, even though now women, um, are, there are a higher percentage of women in college than men, but if you find that your uh, uh, incoming class needs more women, you can still say, okay, let's go get more women to bring them in. But you cannot say, if you feel there is a dearth or a paucity of uh, black um, uh, uh, students in your upcoming class, now you cannot specifically, um, individually, directly say, um, we're going to um, bring in uh, a, a certain number of black kids. But presumably, couldn't somebody, I'm sorry, Jamal, he goes, uh, couldn't somebody take this to, they, they, I, I want to go back to the sports piece you were talking about, because I'm thinking that could be next. But couldn't somebody, a male who was passed over, couldn't he take them, you know, when he, because the school said, we want more women, or we want more people from, Iowa, and I'm from Illinois. Couldn't somebody presumably, again, take take that to court? 
Well, we'll have to see um, the contours of the uh, decision. We'll have to see. That might be the next um, uh, 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 proving ground. That might be the next area where the case is taken. Um, uh, there is a concern uh, for programs now, uh, uh, for example, medical schools right. that are seeking to bring in um, uh, uh, more uh, uh, black young people uh, uh, into medical school. Will it affect them? Um, uh, things of that nature. We'll have to see where people will take the decision uh, in the future um, as they press their cases. It is very possible that, uh, that a group of uh, male plaintiffs might say, look, we're finding that you, XYZ School, um, are um, affirmatively acting on behalf of women. Uh, uh, and we uh, feel that uh, 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 wronged by that. It is possible that that is where we'll go. We'll have to see. This is new ground. Um, and uh, uh, the 14th Amendment, which was initially drawn to help people of color, is now being used um, to uh, uh, harm their interests. And it is a... It, it is a a real concern. I was I was thinking about this, you know, affirmative action. This case, and it, to me, it, it's almost like the, it's almost like they're exploiting, you know, they're the 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 right wing group, uh, trying, you know, that have been trying to get right wing groups that have been trying to get rid of affirmative action for decades, but they're exploiting the written rule, <laughs> um, and it almost seems like the unwritten rule is stronger, right? Because you can't really point to it. You know, you can't point to anything that's written down that says that that's discriminatory towards people of color that, you know, there's no more, there's no more written rule that says we're not, you know, we're going to, we have a preference for white people in our colleges. You can't, you, there's, there's nothing written down that says that it's just, it's just the evidence, right? It's just, you can just look at the numbers and, and see that nine, you know, that only five to six percent of African Americans were being admitted in the, you know, during affirmative action, right? But they can look to the written rule and say, "Hey, that's discriminatory. Why are you looking at one group? You know, why are you, you know, taking one group away from the others and saying that it's more important that that they get an education?" But at this, but while we know that the unwritten rule is is to is that you know it is more important for these for these uh, white people to to get an education and it has been uh, throughout history but there's nothing but the but, but because that's not written in stone anymore and it's just it's just done by actions we can't we can't prove that anymore if that makes any sense well the thing that um, concerns me is that there are I think many people think that there is a one for one zero sum game meaning if uh if i have a college and jamal's kids are applying one of his children is applying it's it doesn't work where it, it's not a situation where the college is saying okay we're going to admit jamal's uh son but that means that a uh white person who is applying will um uh, be automatically eliminated. It right. doesn't work that way. 
Right. What they're saying is we are looking to diversify, to uh, integrate, to have a cross-section of America in our um, uh, uh, incoming class. So we need to find students just as uh, who are black, just as if we needed to find kids from the West Coast because all of our applicants are local and we want to expand uh, uh, our um, applicant base. It, it, it's, it's not a one for one thing. It's a um, uh, uh, more of, of a, uh, a general approach of trying to expand the applicant pool so it reflects the country. Without it, colleges such as um, uh, UCLA uh, uh, and uh, Michigan and colleges in Michigan where they have disbanded uh, the, uh, uh, these affirmative action uh, rules have, uh, uh, and laws have had a heck of a time um, uh, having diversification in their stu incoming student classes. There really is no other, there is not, let me put it this way, it is the best way to have a, uh, to integrate your incoming class, to diversify your incoming class, is to have a plan and a program that says we need to bring kids of color in. But even if, what if you just wanted to say, we want the best kids. We want the, we want the most talented. We want, we want the best kids, the, the kids with the, 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 the most potential. We want all those kids in, in our school. You, there's no way you can tell me that a certain, a, a certain percentage of those kids would not be African-American people of color. They, they would, that would be true, but what's but what's the criteria, right? So, uh, you know, and and I don't, you know, I don't think anywhere is, you know, the, they say that we strictly go by test scores or we or we strictly go by grades. They take there's uh, colleges are, are supposed to take everything into account, uh, essays, everything, right? So except race. Ex, ex, well, now, ex, now before they were race. allowing race, but I think, but the purpose of that was because throughout history. They, you know, they weren't. In, they, they had. They were looking at race to exclude uh, people of color, right? That's, but that, that's why affirmative action came about because before it was a detriment to be a person of color and to right the wrongs of the past. Right. Well, to right got, the wrongs of the past. You, you so it's almost like we had, we had to force them to even consider black people. Right. Well, you know, you've got George Wallace on camera. You've got all these people on camera. George Wallace standing in front of the schoolhouse door saying segregation now segregation forever right. you got Lester I mean you've got you've got anecdotes you've got uh, uh scores of biographies by African Americans who said that they wanted to go to this school but that school was 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 not accepting blacks at that time you could probably get a pile of those types of stories of, of black people saying they were denied because they were black you know so I mean, I, you know, I guess it's frustrating because you also have people now, there's a group of people now denying even that, you know, denying that past history of 
slavery had anything to do. You know, I, I just think about this, about people, remember the stories of black folks who had land and these white people showing up on their doorsteps and murdering them and just taking their land. Right. You know, the red line, the bank, I mean, all the stuff that happened to basically keep black people at a disadvantage. And it was systemic. I mean, that's the, that's the definition of racism. It was systemic. The bank's not loaning, you know, uh, uh, educational systems um, being segregated, not admitting people. Let, let me ask you this. Um, do you think, um, I, I go back to who's the great running back who went to Alabama, who's now a star with the Tennessee Titans? Um, oh, Derek. Derek, um, Derek, uh, Henry. Derek Henry. So let, let's, let's, because you know, I, I was thinking of writing a piece about how they're going to come after intercollegiate athletics next, particularly basketball, football at these power five conferences, which are these, the, the elite, the elite football, you know, athletic conferences. Can people now, the same group of people who, who, who uh, filed suit against Harvard and North Carolina, can they now put their eye on athletes saying, you know what? I didn't get into University of North Carolina, but this basketball, these three basketball players who were also in my class did get in. Now, I know my scores were better than theirs. I, I know my rank was higher than theirs, and I know my board scores were better. Why should they get in and I don't get in? Do you think that there could be a an argument to begin going after the athletic scholarship? It's possible. I'm, uh, um, it, 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 I, anything is possible. Right. Uh, to see uh, where this uh, leads us um, as far as uh, um, uh, legal action. Yeah, there's always an argument. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you can always, it, it can always be argued. Um, but I think to go, I want to go back to what Jamal was saying and, and what the pro-affirmative action people were saying was that Colleges, whether it's North Carolina or it's Harvard or uh, uh, University of Connecticut or the SUNY system in New York, you can continue to get the best students. But it you will have history is now showing that you will have a difficult time retaining a cross section of um, the society. And having that as a part of your admissions process, a part of your student body, unless you specifically go out and uh, look for black students, the way you look for piano players in your orchestra or violinists in your orchestra or uh, cheerleaders um, or more women to uh, uh, diversify your uh uh, incoming class. Uh, it's not some. It's not a zero sum game where uh, just because my neighbors, uh, my white neighbors' kids didn't get in to Harvard, and my black neighbors' kids did. Um, it, it's not something where the black kids got in and those white parents' kids did not. It's a matter of being able to diversify, to go out and target just as you would target a violinist for the um, uh, uh, orchestra at the University of North Carolina 
or at Harvard. You know, it's not a one-on-one uh, competition for getting in. It really isn't. Um, yeah, think uh, think of all the black kids who, who who can't get into Harvard or uh, <laughs> or or North Carolina. Think of think about that exactly. It, it, and we're looking for a meritocracy in these admissions processes. They're not. First of all, um, uh, it's something like only one out of every ten applicants get into the uh, um, elite schools, uh, and they get in for a variety of reasons. Now the Supreme Court is saying, uh, despite there are a variety of reasons, whether it's legacy, whether it's because you're a musician or a writer or an actor um, uh, or have a special science skill or can uh, uh, run the uh, uh, 100 in uh, uh, under 10 seconds, uh, you can do those, but we not are not going to make a special track for you if you are black. And that is, um, I, I, I contend, it's still uh, discriminatory on its face. Uh, yeah. And, and, and going, Bill, going to your point, you know, bringing sports into it. Well, first, the, what I think, when I think of the sports dynamic, now I'm thinking of just, just the way the campus will look, these campuses will look. It already looked a lot like it, you know, majority of the of the uh you know black and brown people on campus were athletes at all when i was in when i was in school at guilford college um in in greensboro north carolina and we were in the cafeteria and all the black people ate together and uh you know i swear about 80 percent of us played were there because we played a sport okay so it already looked like that so now um with without affirmative action it you know what what's it going to look like the only uh, African Americans on campus, or especially Black males on campus, are going to be athletes. Um, well, and is that what they want? And I and a reason why I don't think they'll go after. What and and I agree with Judge the Judge in terms of you never know. You know, there's always there's an argument for everything. If they if they if they want to if they want to go at that, they can. Um, but the reason I think that they'll be hesitant is because of all the money that is made from these Black athletes and all the money that these schools. Uh, get because of because of those athletes they'll be they won't want to get rid of them but they're willing to get rid of the 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 regular student you know they're willing for the regular student to be you know to to have little diversity they don't they don't care about that that part yeah. of it. well i mean with the derrick henry example you know judge you were talking about uh, you know somebody could look at derrick henry and say and, and the, the white student to get in that said, he is making us millions of dollars. You are not. You're, right. co- you're costing us money. He's <laughs> making us money. Right. You know, uh, but I re- do you remember the case? Matter of fact, we should have had Tommy Amaker on. I remember about 15 years ago when Amaker, when we first got to Harvard, and he began bringing in these really athletic black guys. And I remember there was this fear, in fact, uh, a then editor, associate editor at the Times, she was pissed because one of her neighbor's sons didn't get into Harvard. And they were trying to call Amber on the carpet saying, you're bringing in these guys, you know, and they don't fit the profile, you know, of, of the rest of the students. So, you know, even then it was like an issue. I mean, you know, 
It's like I'm losing. I'm I'm you're I'm I'm losing a little bill. Uh, uh, what you were saying about the uh, editor, uh, your the streaming it seemed to be off just a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, can you can you repeat yeah. that about the editor? Yeah, what yeah. she said. Um, this white editor had uh, her neighbor had wanted to go to Harvard and did not get in, and they began to mount a crusade against Amaker because he has started bringing in some really talented basketball players, you know, not just sort of your run-of-the-mill players. And their argument was that you're bringing in these black guys, uh, automatically assuming that they weren't qualified, right. you know. And there was a there was an uproar of, of these kids because their kids didn't get in, but these black guys did get in to play, you know, to play sports, to play basketball. So well, I, I guess – Can know, I say something? My brother played football at Harvard, and uh, and he said back then that same mentality existed. He's and let's see, he's uh, uh, about sixty five years old now. He said when he was there, that same mentality existed uh, as the person you referred to, Bill. Uh, but he said um, people didn't realize that half the white guys there were there. Uh, uh, because they knew somebody, right? Uh, half the white guys on the football team at Harvard were there, not because they were great students, but because they knew somebody. Right. And this is the fallacy, right? That, and, um, and Bill, and, I, just w- I just want to say, you hit you hit it on the head when you said that black people they're lo- they're looked at automatically as unqualified. That's yeah. that's the problem. You're you're all, if you're black and you and you and you're at one of these schools or at any school for that matter you're looked at as unqualified and that you had help and that you're an affirmative action student even that even that term is is ridiculous he's you're an affirmative action student barack obama was calling himself an affirmative action student now we we all know the the guy the person that uh barack obama has become okay and you're gonna tell me that he was unqualified anywhere anywhere but but they still but they still refer to you as affirmative action, you know, Clarence Thomas. I mean, he may have been unqualified based on based on what he's done after the fact. But <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he's an affirmative action guy. I mean, all these all these people who've gone on to 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 achieve heights, un, like unknown, they've they've surpassed, you know, their white peers. They were they were unqualified, you know, and they and they continue to do this. You know, well, every, think... every black kid in school is is an affirmative action. Uh, you know, is, is, is there because of affirmative action. So what does that say about affirmative action? Well, I think that um, uh, uh, to speak to uh, Bill's point, I, I think that uh, uh, that that person who he knew who was uh, upset about uh, Amaker's uh, uh, players had, uh, based on what I know about uh, um, uh, athletics at Harvard from my own family experience, she had j- uh, 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 more of a, a claim or concern from the white uh, uh, athletes at the school uh, because there were right. so many more of them right. uh, who, um, according to my brother, uh, those guys shouldn't have been there, right. you know? And, uh, and I should say that my brother was admitted to Yale and Amherst also. So right. uh, um, uh, he was not a, um, uh, uh, not someone who shouldn't have been there. Uh, yeah. uh, but um, I, this is the danger when you get into this. Um, uh, this zero-sum game of 
my kid didn't get in, but that black kid got in. Right. It's not that cut and dried. It's not that simple. It's a matter of going out and getting people who will be successes in the society, um, uh, who will add to the cross-section of the um, incoming class so that it reflects the society in general. Let me just say one other thing to, uh, to my man, uh, Bill Roden, because as far as the amateur goes, you got to get him on there, Bill, one day for the reasons we talked about over the summer, <laughs> which I don't want to get into now. Uh, uh, and you have a special way to get Tommy Amaker in there. So, uh, Mr. Amaker, if you're listening, get on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'm sure Jamal might know. I'll tell him afterwards, but I think that would make for an interesting show. But, uh, but I, I have a high regard for Tommy Amaker. He is uh, uh, he is really one of the leaders in coaching now. Um, he's done it the right way. Uh, he's a symbol. Uh, who uh, 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 who has not been treated properly in recent times. And um, I like the way he's done it at Harvard uh, as far as getting these kids in. And um, uh, Bill and I know, uh, Bill knows better than I, that he is quite a guy. And he's someone who could really speak to this issue, particularly the great issues that you two guys are bringing up about where is this taking us with sports? Because I, I think at the Alabamas, at the LSU's, at the uh, um, uh, uh, University of Missouri's, at the UCLA's, that that the that you'll get 60, 70 percent participation of men of color in these programs, and you'll probably get uh, barely double digits of men. Um, who are not athletes being admitted into the school in general. Right. And, and, and going to your, going back to your, your zero, it's not a zero sum game that, that that's obvious, right? We, we, the, everybody knows that except for the parents who, who are being used in these type of lawsuits by, you know, I think Edward Bloom, uh, I think it's students for fair admissions. Um, you know, you get, it's, a, it goes back to what Bill was saying about, you know, always, always claiming that, that there's cheating going on because your kid is, isn't successful. Your kid doesn't get into Harvard. It's not because of one black athlete that got in or one black non-athlete get that got in. You're probably not going to get in anyway. And I think the people, you know, like, like Edward Bloom know that they're just using, they're using those cases for, for their, you know, for their ultimate goal, which has been to, you know, keep colleges white, (laughs) you know, I mean, I mean, it's not a, I mean, we, you know, we've had Trump as president. You know, people, they're saying this stuff out loud now. Like, we don't even have to pretend like that's not the reason. You know, p- people are saying this stuff out loud. So it's almost like those kids, you know, the Asian kids who, who, brought, who brought this suit, affirmative action was helping them also. They were, they were, they had, they were, they were being accepted at greater rates already than, than uh, African Americans were. Okay. So this is not going to help them. This is helping, this is helping Edward Bloom and, and the right wing. Well, I also think uh, when I think when I read about this and listen to the discussions um, uh, in the media about this, fundamentally, people have to vote. Oh, yeah. If people voted and voted uh, in um, uh, uh, presidents and senators and Congress people who would uh, uh, who have the power and the authority uh, to get people on the bench on, on um, 
uh, if they voted and voted and and didn't vote for Republicans, we wouldn't have um, these um, uh, 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 presidents uh, who and these senators uh, who make certain that conservative Republicans uh, get into um, these significant uh, uh, judicial positions. It, it's it's and, very it's it's that fundamental. Right, Both. and and. These same people, including Bloom himself, are attacking that too. They're trying to attack the vote, That's right. know, the voter turnout, and all and all of that. So it's, it's the really because the they people. know, because right. they know, yeah. Right. And, it, and it's all part of it's all part of this of a systematic uh, attempt to to turn everything back to the to the way it was. What's your thought about the Supreme Court? Uh, um, you know, I know it's a very open ended question. But it's it is taking such a beating, uh, not only from these conservative rulings, but the disclosures about what Clarence Thomas, the the, the, the gifts and the trips and, you know, what what at you as a judge, and I'm not sure how you looked at the Supreme Court as you were going up through law school, and then the judgeship as opposed to how you look at it now. Has your view of the Supreme Court changed? Well, um, I I see that. The gifts that uh, um, Alito, Thomas, uh, uh, Gorsuch um, have benefited from, and I can say that uh, uh, in Connecticut um, there was there was there was noticeable scrutiny um, on uh, members of the bench uh, to avoid uh, any sort of um, uh, activity uh, such as uh, what uh, uh, Justice Thomas uh, was involved in. Um, I didn't, I don't recall uh, that being an issue at all. I think that my colleagues, some of whom I didn't necessarily, I, I wasn't necessarily on the same page with, I think uh, the uh, I would say virtually all of them that I'm aware of um, uh, played it by the book um, uh, and acted appropriately and didn't accept that sort of largesse and um, moved ahead appropriately. I'm disappointed that um, uh, uh, at, at some of the stories we've heard, um, uh, uh, Justice Alito uh, wrote, um, I guess it was in the Wall Street Journal, um, a, a response to uh, right, the, right. the the um, report that came out, I think it was ProPublica. Yeah, ProPublica. Yeah. Yeah. That um, uh, about his behavior. Um, uh, it's it, it's unfortunate. I I didn't see it um, uh, in the Connecticut judicial system. Doesn't mean it didn't exist, but I didn't see it. I'm disappointed. Um, uh, um, uh, and um, it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, in, in the couple of minutes we have left, um, let, let's talk about um, there's the second issue, of course, you know, uh, tomorrow's Independence Day. And I, I forgot what the hell our second topic was. Uh, baseball. Baseball. Oh, baseball. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could edit that tomorrow. Um, speaking of uh, blackouts, uh, I'm headed to Seattle on Wednesday. Uh, Major League Baseball is sponsoring. Uh, in conjunction with Ken Griffey Jr., 
what they call the Swingman Classic All-Star Game involving uh, a number of HBCU teams with, with you know, that baseball program in an All-Star Game in an effort, ongoing effort to, I guess, increase numbers in baseball. Um, ironically, a number of these players will be white and Hispanic because I guess colleges, HBCUs are having the same problem attracting players as Major League Baseball. And I wonder what you guys think about that. I, I was having this conversation with a president, an HBCU president the other day, complaining about you're going to have all these white guys playing baseball, these HBCUs and Hispanic guys. And he brought up a, a good point in that just like, you know, at these PWIs, the predominant number of players are going to be black who are playing basketball, football. That's because they're better, but not in baseball because for reasons that we've discussed, there just aren't the infrastructure producing black baseball players is not there. So you're right. If you have a, a baseball program at an HBCU, many of the players may be white and many of them may be Hispanic. You know, what, what do you guys think about that? And do you think that um, we'll never really get back to a meaningful presence in baseball, in terms of black, a black presence in baseball? I think baseball generally has lost its appeal to Americans in general. Um, I think um, uh, 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 soccer and basketball uh, uh, are really, well, internationally, soccer and basketball are the most popular sports. In America, with our violent, <laughs> with our violent uh, 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 society, football appears to be the most popular. But um, I, it appears that, uh, just speaking of America in general, baseball has lost its uh, 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 the appeal that it had, Bill, when we were kids. Um, and it might have been in the time that Jamal was a kid that baseball has not been um, as so popular. In the African-American community, I'm very disappointed that um, uh, the numbers are uh, uh, um, in, in Major League Baseball have gone from a high of almost 20 percent um, participation by black players to a low to less to fewer than seven percent of the game now. It's about five or six percent of the game of Major League Baseball are black. The last year's World Series, there was not one black player on either roster. Um, and my concern is that, for example, the thing that you're going to, which is great, Bill, in the next few days, it's Ken Griffey that's behind that. Yeah. And um, uh, Junior. Uh, and my concern is that the major league uh, system, the general baseball system, whether it's major league, minor league, college, AAU, uh, American Legion, Little League, um, uh, is not interested, that generally speaking, is not interested in the participation of uh, black kids. And it might be for the reason, Bill, that you said at the outset of the show, that we're too darn good. They're, they're tired of Hank Aaron and Ernie Banks and Willie Mays and Bob Gibson and Reggie Jackson. Man, they don't want to hear that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 it, and, and maybe that's it. I'm not sure. Uh, but I really think 
um, there is an indifference uh, in, in, um, in the baseball, general American baseball system. There is a systemic indifference to um, um, bringing in black kids uh, in a sport that um, is, uh, um, uh, is, is, I don't want to say dying, but is not as popular anymore. And um, uh, uh, that's, that's kind of the way uh, uh, I see it, that uh, uh, the effort is not there. The people who usually are wanting to integrate and to bring in black kids are the Ken Griffey's. And uh, God rest his soul, Joe Morgan worked his tail off to integrate the game. Uh, and um, I don't see it. I, I, I don't see I, 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 I don't see baseball itself uh, taking the initiative to bring in black kids. I get all this stuff about, well, it's easier to pick up a basketball and, and, and have uh, play three on three than it is to go to a field and get all the equipment and all that stuff. I get that, but I don't see the initiative uh, for um, bringing black kids into the game unless it's done by the Ken Griffey's and the Bill Rodens uh, um, and the Jamal Murphy's of the world. I, I don't see it. I, 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 I forgive agree. me for being so uh, um, uh, firm about it. But, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think you. I think you hit up. You hit on all all of the many issues. You know, I agree that in general, baseball is is kind of falling off. That there's less interest generally from Americans. You know, in baseball, um, you got. You know, I have a young kid. He's he's about to turn nine. Uh, he wants to play baseball. He says, "I want him to play baseball." But then, you know, he's more interested in flag football. He's more interested in basketball. Uh, and now, unlike in the past, those both of those games are kind of year round, right? So if you so if you enjoy basketball and, and football even a little more, you're gonna you know now there are programs where you can keep playing them. It doesn't have to be just in in season, right? You can keep playing those sports, and that that and the summer is the time where kids are out of school. Right? And let so me say this. Let me say this. I I I, I don't uh, um, baseball of the three major sports. It's unfortunate because baseball is the most playable. Exactly. Meaning, exactly. in basketball, man, you have to be successful. You got to be a freak now. You have to be <laughs> yeah, at least six six, six seven, right, six right, eight. Right. And 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 in football, in football, the game is so darn violent uh, that uh, um, you got to be a freak you in really that have too. To question where you want your children involved. Baseball, yeah. you can be five nine or five yeah. eight. And, right. and 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 be real good, uh, but basketball. I think, if I think that if goes you to your point. Go anywhere, I think that goes yeah, to your you other point to, of why of why there's no you know concerted effort to to bring black kids into the game because I think a lot of white parents feel like hey this is this is the one sport where my kid can succeed so why why would yeah. I want to bring in competition. Right. Exactly. And I've and I've I've heard stories from 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 I have friends who's who have black children who actually played baseball and they're now they're in college, uh, you know, minor leagues, that type of thing. And they you know, they talk about, you know, in the, during whatever it is, the AU of baseball, like the baseball leagues, high school leagues. Um, it's very rare. You see you'll have one one black guy. He has to be a power hitter, you know. 
on the on the team. There's comments in the stands. Like the, it, they're not. It's not a place that's a comfortable setting at you know right now for for young black kids to to make it in baseball. And it's so expensive. You know, I mean, right. baseball yeah. is a is a tremendously uh, expensive sport. But you know, I, I kind of get back to what you were saying, Glenn, about the appetite. I think baseball has become sort of a, a white a white player's uh, oasis. That's the one sport where the American white kid can dominate. And I think they'll concede the Hispanic presence. They'll concede the Latin presence. Okay, we'll concede that. But I, I think that there's not an appetite for making baseball look like the NBA or the NFL. And I think soccer in this country is the same Issue. They're kind of coming around a little bit, but I think soccer too didn't really have an interest in this country of making it look like the NBA, or the NFL. You know, I think that um, you're absolutely right. Um, but I think you, you were saying you didn't think cost had that much to do with baseball. No, I don't. I don't. I hear that. I mean, you say that, Bill, and 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 our our, our good friend Doug always tells me that, um, and I hear that from other friends. I don't think. I, I I don't think that um, has any. Uh, I, I yeah. I'll I'll concede that that is an issue, but it's secondary in nature. And also, I, all I think, all these sports. Once you the once these kids are moving up in the in the. And all, all these sports, once they're moving up uh, through the ranks and tr and trying to make it to co you know become a college player and a pro player. All these sports get expensive. Like right. AAU basketball is expensive. The, the yeah. parents have to, you know, get go travel with the kid and, and get hotel rooms every weekend and all that kind of stuff. Same football is the same. I I, I do hear that baseball is even more expensive because you have the equipment. Yes, uh, yes. You know, I had a I had yes. a friend tell me he had this. He spent something like close to twenty thousand on on ba on baseball, which is sounds crazy. So baseball is probably more expensive, but. I hear complaints about the expenses from all the sports. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you're right. Um, and that that's actually something to talk about later. At what point? I, I don't know if it was on your podcast, Jamal, you and um, uh, Kali, you know, that basketball, this, this, the stereotype of basketball was that it was a poor man's sport. Right. You could just go on the playground and all that. But it seems like across the board, it's all becoming expensive unless you were like really tremendously if you're great if you're zion then there's there are these exceptions and i'm just wondering if a lot of people are going to get priced out a lot of young people young families uh are going to be priced it's going to become a middle to upper middle class sports scenario unless your kid just happens to be exceptional uh but i, I do think glenn to your point I don't think, I mean, baseball is making all these noises about trying to recruit more young black kids and all that. Uh, I just don't necessarily see it happening unless, now, I know Howard, Major League Baseball was supposed to be throwing some money at Howard to start a baseball program, but one of the presidents said they shouldn't, don't throw it at Howard, throw it to the MEAC, throw it to the conference and let each school develop programs, but not only programs in college, but develop programs that are for like nine and 10-year-olds. Yeah, grassroots. Yep. Grassroots programs. 
So that because that's what the Negro Leagues did, right? They were an echo structure in the black community. Baseball was part of our community. And when that was removed, that echo structure was removed. It's never really been replaced. So I don't yeah, know. I think that the um, it has to become, as I call it, uh, system-wide. Uh, from major league right to little league, there would have to be a um, concerted effort uh, to say, <laughs> we're going to affirmatively act. <laughs> To bring in to, to bring in black kids and uh, um, uh, and I don't see that happening um, and um, uh, uh, I don't know the, I I don't hold out a lot of hope for baseball and as I said the backdrop to baseball is though that the American society in general um, uh, doesn't pay as much attention to the game as it used to when we were. Uh, Younger and 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 this might I don't know Jamal this might predate you um, the 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 extreme interest um, uh, I can remember October second nineteen seventy eight when the Red Sox played the Yankees for a playoff one game playoff to get to the uh, pl- to get to the playoffs right the country stopped right the, certainly the East Coast. Uh, uh, but the country in general stopped. They had a special um, national telecast of the game on ABC. I'll never forget it. I rushed home from law school at 2.30 in the afternoon. That was when baseball was king. That was 1978. I feel like, you know, I grew up in the in the 80s with the Mets. Um, and, and the baseball, I felt, was still, you know, Dwight Gooden, Strawberry. Right. Yeah. And baseball was 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 still pretty popular at that point, yes. um, but I think right at that right when you got to the '90s, it tailed off, and and, and I, people stopped caring. And I, I don't know, you know, I guess you still had the Yankees doing things, but I mean, on on a national level, it just didn't seem as popular as it as it was, uh, you know, in the I guess in the in the mid '80s, mid to well, late. Look 80s. at ESPN and its coverage now. Um, uh, uh, it, it is thirsting for every uh, breath from Damian Lillard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, th- th- to cover that um, because baseball is not that popular. It doesn't bring in the um, uh, uh, companies uh, to advertise. Um, and um, so that's your backdrop uh, to a game that I, I submit uh, – um, uh, doesn't have the um, uh, reasonable interest to bring in black kids. And, and when you're talking about, you know, the league, you know, MLB and baseball having to, you know, act affirmatively to bring kids in, it just sounds weird to me. Like It's a sport, right? Usually kids, you, you don't, ha- I mean, you tell me, did football ever have to do that? Did basketball ever have to affirmatively reach out to, to black kids or did they just play? You know, it just right. sounds weird that 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 and there needs to be an initiative. There, yeah. well, if they're interested, if, if, right? If yeah, there needs to be interest. There needs to be, but there needs but, to be um, interest from the kid, right? Yeah. Well, kids aren't going to follow um, uh, uh, the sport if they don't see people who look like them playing right. the sport, right? And they don't see it now, right? And they don't see their parents watching it on TV. They don't see their parents, you know, hooting and hollering about, you know, like they do right. basketball and football. Right. 
you know, that's that's why the kids play. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, well, you know, I think it'll be a fascinating dilemma. I like Seattle, <laughs> you know, the, the city. Uh, so it, it'll be it'll be fascinating. But I, I agree with both of you that I think that the ship has sailed in terms of, uh, you know, because football, basketball control the pipeline of black kids. They, they own that pipeline, you know, in a way that baseball relinquished and they're, they're not going to get it back. Um, anyway, well, that, any final that's my yeah, go ahead. Baseball has actively, um, uh, fully and purposely, uh, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, relinquished it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I don't think, I, I don't think you're wrong. It's almost like benign neglect. Right. You know, that you look up and you say, well, again, you know, you've got, it, it's become a global sport. You've got, you know, probably of all the major sports, it's probably the one sport where the American white player, you know, can dominate, you know, but you've also got, you know, Japanese stars. Uh, you've got tons of South American, Central American stars. You know, they said, well, do we really need black athletes? Right. You know, what do they add? You know, where in basketball, football, said we run on black athletes, <laughs> you know, so. And it's funny, I mean, to that point, you know, who did I see uh, saying that, that baseball was his favorite sport? Uh, but uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, he had an interview on Fox News. Uh, well, he played uh, baseball yeah. at Yale. He said, yeah. and he was saying, well, you know, yeah, baseball, oh, Baseball is much better than basketball. Basketball, you need to be a freak. He said this. You need to be a freak athlete. Football, same thing. He was like, baseball, you know, is a, the sport that every every kid can play. Every kid can find a spot, if no matter what. And then when, once I saw that, I was like, okay, I, I see where I see where we are with that. Yeah. I think he was captain of the team at Yale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, so he, he must have been an affirmative action. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. right. A former action player. Yeah. Hey, any last thoughts before we, uh, you know, uh, dismiss class? Tomorrow is late Independence Day, kind of ironically enough, given what's happening in the mm. country where people are trying to snatch your independence as we speak. You know, and any thoughts about tomorrow's holiday? And well, and, and my only thought is one of. Um, it's not necessarily a positive one. Uh, I am, now that I have more time, maybe it's because I'm not working anymore and I'm retired and I have more time to view and peruse. Uh, uh, I, I'm distressed at how separate a country we are now, how uh, um, uh, uh, distant we are from each other now, how, um, uh, uh, whether it's, uh, racially distant, whether um, it's the terrible treatment of the LGBTQ plus community, um, whether it's um, the treatment of migrants, whether it's the treatment of the poor. Um, uh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, as we hit the 4th of July, I don't think that's what uh, was intended when we developed this country, that uh, we would be so uh, broken apart. Um, it's distressing to me. Um, and uh, uh, I don't, I worry about where we're going, uh, particularly uh, with uh, some of the Republican candidates that I see now. Um, if they were successful, 
what the heck would happen, you know? Um, uh, but that's what hits me is uh, just how divided a country we are on so many issues, just in, in sports. Um, uh, the issue of uh, 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 Joker for uh, Denver and, and, and how that was dealt with this uh, winter. Um, it was really a point of contention. The guy can play. He's a great player. Bill wrote a great column on it, fabulous column on it, which I think hit it hit the nail on the head. He's a great player, but um, whoa, let's pull up. Is he there with Kareem and Russell and Wilt yet? You know, um, sure. after one after a couple of years, one championship, know, and 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 that I think spoke to the divisions that we have in America today. Uh, which are extreme and extraordinary, um, uh, uh, which which are not getting addressed. Did, didn't you say, Jamal, that I was taking a task for that? Uh, oh yeah, just for bringing it up. You know, whenever you you bring anything up, I think uh, I think it was Isola, Isola, uh, Frank Isola took you to task for that for even for for just writing the piece. Right. I don't even know if we, I don't even know if he read it. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, anyway, <laughs> what, what do you think, Jamal? As we head into uh, into uh, Independence Day, uh, I mean, yeah, J- July Fourth. Enjoy, enjoy the fireworks. That's all. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. All right. Well, uh, hey, uh, Judge, thank you so much, man, for. Uh, Joining us all. Well, thank you. As, as I said, I'm always flattered to, uh, uh, that you uh, have me on. Uh, uh, I listen, and as Bill knows, I read uh, uh, all the time. Um, uh, when we go off, Jamal, you got to give me the name of that podcast that uh, you guys, your podcast, mm-hmm. uh, so I can listen to it. I can drive my wife crazy while we're <laughs> uh, while we're driving on the road, and I listen. To a so podcast. another podcast, the sports so podcast, another one I can drive her crazy yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, thank you guys. Uh, this is always a pleasure. I'm and, and uh, uh, I'm uh, flattered and uh, uh, terribly impressed by both of you guys and your accomplishments. All right, Glenn. Thanks so much, man. It's always it's always great having you on. Yes, thank and Jamal, you. Jamal, you know you uh, hang in there. You know you got these two young aspiring athletes who are going to cost you. Hundreds of thousands. Of, you know, we, we we didn't mention J, J, John Morant and, yeah. and and parents. That may be our next uh, our next show. Um, John Morant and the role of parents in not becoming their kids' employees. Mm. So it's tough. Well, you wrote a great column on that, Bill, with uh, uh, um, uh, Janet, the late Janet Hill. Uh, I think you hit that one on the head, but. Uh, uh, Jamal will find that out uh, personally. That's right. <laughs> <The law here. laughs> That's right. Fire the coach. I can't wait to the same thing when you want to get rid of the coach. And maybe you will become. <laughs> maybe you will become the coach. Hey, I, I, I try to stay out of it. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to deal with all kind of coaches. So get used to it. Get used to the bad ones. You gotta you gotta deal with them too. Good luck make, with that. Make man. you make you stronger. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. All right, everybody. Listen. Enjoy the Fourth of July. And to our hundreds of thousands of listeners, uh, be safe. We'll hit you back with another podcast next week. 
continue uh, to pray. Yes. <laughs> he, he pray. And, uh, or and you can you can bet also. We're, we're, oh, we're, yeah, brought, yeah. We're, we're brought to you by Bet Online. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> you can pray or you can bet. Hey, <laughs> and, and all our best to CC, man. Thank you very much. Happy Fourth, everyone. You all too. right, bye. take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.